Hi guys, this is Sandeep Agarwal. I am founder and CEO at Droom. One minute, stop. Ready? Let's go. इंडिया They were the early pioneers in setting up large organizations in India. Similarly, when one would talk about the pioneers of building unicorns in India, there would be only one man who has done this not once but twice, and that man is none other than Sandeep Agarwal, the founder of Shopclues and Room. Sandeep's had a fascinating journey, first as a ringside observer to the internet boom and then as a participant. Sandeep built up his reputation as one of the most savvy Wall Street analysts and his insights at work combined with his personal history of growing up in India built up the conviction in him that the time was right to start an internet business in India. And the rest as they say is history. Born and raised in Chandigarh, happy family. big family we had a big house and in a hindsight it was so beautiful and amazing so there was a very acute family pressure that i should also pursue chartered accountancy and i was already doing bachelor in commerce so it was a natural progression but when i enrolled for chartered accountancy or cpa somehow i did not realize but i was less happy and anyhow I tried a few things. Nothing worked out because I was really not trained for that career track. But when it worked out, I ended up doing my masters in Bor. There, there onwards, somehow I know uh, academically also started doing much better. And so I graduated from there. I did my internship with Kotak Mahindra Goldman Sachs joint venture in Mumbai. And uh, although in the hindsight, if I look at, I would say this was more like partly research, partly wealth management. So anyhow. But where I had more academic curiosity, I wrote a GMAT exam, went to US for my higher studies, and during the first dot com boom, graduated from the business school. When I was doing graduation, that time the first dot com boom was happening. When I connected dots, I realized that it was very bad time to be in a business school. I should have been in a Silicon Valley. But when I graduated, nine eleven happened, and dot com dot com bust happened. And when I connected dots. I realized I was in a business school now rather than in a job market, but opposite was true for me. I ended up getting a job in Schwab dot com, the largest online stock brokering firm. I was hired part of the very respected leadership program run by Mr. Chuck Schwab, who personally ran this program, and I was one of the seven out of eighty-eight who were chosen for this job. I actually first created a credit risk system for the money market mutual fund of Charles Schwab. Which invested in five thousand banks, around hundred and ninety billion dollars. So in two thousand ten, I saw, I thought that while internet industry was sixteen year old, it was starting to be get ready for a prime for e commerce and many other opportunities. Very similar to what happened in China from two thousand to two thousand ten, and very similar to what happened in Silicon Valley from nineteen fifty four until two thousand ten. So I thought if those two countries are precursor to what can happen in India, I should be there in India 
no writing research reports. I make close to a million dollar a year, but I should create an underlying asset. And with that thought in mind, resigned from my $1 million Wall Street job for which I for over a decade. Why e-commerce? Yeah, yeah, it was very clear. It is a marketplace. It's an e-commerce. It's for India. So by the time it is Father's Day and I resign, I'm already into that idea for eight months or 10 months. Uh, like, had you built a prototype or what had I, you done? But from January 2011 until May 2011, I already had a full and up and running technology. I had three different vendors, one in Mumbai, one is in London, one is in Brain, working on my idea. Like, like you're saying software vendors, like they were like coding they were, and building. They okay. were building the software uh, software. Shop Clues first ever release. And why the name Shop Clues? I was like, I covered internet sector for living. I knew all these, how we have home remedies, how we have a lot of wisdom about Silicon Valley. So I like to say that I was very fortunate to gather a lot of wisdom of Silicon Valley. So because it was a B2C consumer internet play, I tried honestly 2000 names. I can even tell you the story. Shop Clues was not our most favorite name. But we were getting close to launching our business. And Shop Clues was a placeholder since January of 2011. In September 2011, after moving to India, I sent an email to my entire team, maybe eight people, that guys, a month from now, we must settle on one name. And after that, we cannot change. Shop Clues has been the name so far. This is not written on stone. If you have a better name and you can convince everyone, we will go with that name. If nobody of you come up with a better name, we will go with Shop Clues. This is not necessarily the best name, but let's say five years from now, if we fail and we analyze why we failed, I can tell you name Shop Clues will not be the reason why what will say we failed. But it was a very weird name, right? It was not Snapdeal or Flipkart. And by the way, I had a much more, there's a little bit more story is I had 200 more things around clues. So I had a travel clues, investment clues, education clues, and you name it. I had 220 names, which, and they were already a vertical play. I would like to say I had a, I did not have a vertical in the vertical. I had a verticals in the horizontal. Then I teamed up with three more people in Silicon Valley. Second one, because he was VP of engineering with one of the technology company, which was ran by one of my friends. So they all were in here and they were like me living in Silicon Valley for 12, 15, 18 years. And I made one thing very clear that this is a consumer internet business for India. Cannot be built from Silicon Valley. So you have to be on the ground. So all of us sold our household, moved to India. An e-commerce business, I, I believe like supply is more important than demand, right? L like creating good supply, good catalog, that has to be yeah. solved first before you solve for yeah. demand. Well, so, 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 Akshay, so Akshay, for short clues, there are a couple of things which were very different than any other who was operating in an e-commerce category. But that was a whole thesis, why I left my $1 million Wall Street job, why I left Silicon Valley why I put all my eggs in one basket called Shop Clues is because Shop Clues became first ever marketplace in India, independent of category. And then, and my thesis was that the India's largest retailer is going to be an online company 
and that online company will be a marketplace model, asset light, just in time supply type of model rather than a inventory led model. We on record were the world's first ever e-commerce company who became managed marketplace. And what does that mean is fulfillment by the marketplace, return policy, common return policy by marketplace and all the payment policy by marketplace. So we did not give control for fulfillment, return and payment to the sellers. If you like to hear stories of founders, then we have tons of great stories from entrepreneurs who have built billion dollar businesses. Just search for the Founder Thesis Podcast on any audio streaming app like Spotify, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the show. So, uh, uh, did you have the most tech startups have that garage phase where like the founders sitting in a garage in Silicon Valley or in India's like an apartment phase? Uh... Yeah, absolutely. See, 10th October 2010, I started shop clues from my house in Silicon Valley. So, next 10 months, literally, it was absolutely my garage in my house in Silicon Valley or my backyard or one of the room and everything was full of whiteboards and all that environment. When I came here, I lived in a corporate housing for four months and that was a garage. You can say everyone operated from there. And then we did our first office, which is not far from the Google India's office here in Gurgaon. And in fact, we started from there, literally have seen even our first fulfillment center was also the basement of the same office. And until we reached 200 orders per day, Probably 30% of the packages were packed by me and my team, not just the packaging wise and the fulfillment. How did you build supply? It is important to do that first, like onboarding merchants. Look, we were starting to get out of our corporate housing to our office in Gurgaon. So we met someone who was going to supply a few laptops and printers, which we needed to run our office. We, I asked that guy, why don't you start selling online? And he says that, sir, I don't know English. And I run a very big business. I said, I'm not charging anything from you. You only pay when you sell. And you have this big facility, but it's only open from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. You are only selling to someone who knows you or stop by at your shop. Right? Imagine your store is open 24 by 7, Pan India. Imagine you getting an order from Coimbatore or Guwahati. So he found that very intriguing. He said, sir, I don't know English, but my wife is an engineer. So this Sunday, are you working? I said, no, but I come to office. He said, okay, I, my wife will come to your office. You meet me on Sunday. I take one of my team member and we open office. And he and his wife, they stay for one hour. And she's, she, I remember giving uh, like thumbs up to her husband after she heard us. So next 10 weeks, I or my team member will go to Mr. Jan's dealership in, and we will literally take our laptop and make digital catalog because see that time for everything there's a digital catalog in India now that time there was nothing so we call it 3P product price and picture we said you give us 3 three P we will handle everything else and so we will go and create their catalog because they did not even have a product and price and picture right so we created that catalog. Then one of my friends, he had another friend who ran this company called Happily Unmarried. It was a famous school brand. This company has now come up with multiple E2C brand doing very well. So they were building this early stage of building Happily Unmarried. Very similar to some of these work, the D2C brand. So we tell them, we told them, why don't you start selling? They started selling rupees keychain, 200 rupees coffee mark. Then I met a friend of mine in, in Ahmedabad. 
uh, and his neighbor actually offered this business where you could give your digital picture and they'll play, they'll print it on a coffee mug. So I said, why don't you come online? Then I met another person who ran other home furnishing. So that's how the first four or five people happened. Like literally who, who, who matters socially or who supplied us something. And then then did a business development team. I had a lot of crazy ideas in terms of how the supply can be built, what should be our pitch, what should be our go-to-market material, etc. And for its time, it worked. We had this, we started having thousands. Our pitch was solid. We did lots of community work. We did seller summits. So imagine in a farmhouse in New Delhi, you have 400 sellers who sell on shop clues coming and we are welcoming them and giving them free things, giving them product demo. They are staying for dinner, the dance going on. Then there's a art ceremony. Most of these sellers have never uh, academically accelerated, now receiving a trophy, becoming a larger seller or the best rating, etc. And so all those systems started shaping up. All of a sudden, we had India's largest supply, while our competitors had a much higher GMB because they only sold laptops, electronics, and while we sold clothing, shoes, and accessories, health and beauty, jewelry, and watches, gift and flower. And that made more money, every selling price was less, number of orders were so much more. And we had our unit economics so much more in our favor. What was your revenue model in this? Like you would keep a percentage of sale price? Or? Our, see, that time it was not uncommon if you wanted to have a listing fee, insertion fee or something. But even that time, large businesses did not know the word called e-commerce. I'm not kidding. And our supply was going to come from traders and retailers. So we kept it very simple. Performance-based managed marketplace. Pay only when you sell. So it was X percentage by category. In mobile or electronics, we made, let's say, 5 to 9%. In clothing, shoes, and accessories, we made 10 to 18%. In extremely high, let's say, a category which has a 60%, 80% gross margin, we made 18%. So I would say 3% to 18% average was roughly 12%. Akshay, there are a couple of things because I had a Wall Street training. I had a firm belief eventually the largest retailer of India will be an online company and that online company will be just-in-time supply, like a marketplace rather than not a marketplace. Secondly, because India is a low-trust market with the e-commerce services not fully evolved, so marketplace has to be managed. We actually did not offer cash on delivery and when I started shop cruise, 80% of India's e-commerce was cash on delivery. For shop cruise, it was only 8%. We focused more on unstructured categories, such as clothing, shoes and accessories, health and beauty, jewelry and watches, gifted flower. And another thing was we focused, we catered to second and third tier India rather than tier one cities. How did you acquire customers like you wanted to focus on tier two, tier three cities? These customers would be tough to acquire through like regular online ads, right? Akshay, I, as a Wall Street analyst, I covered Amazon and eBay, but I also cover Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, Yahoo, etc. So I was as familiar with internet marketing as with e-commerce. That time, India, a typical Indian e-commerce company paid 1800 rupees or roughly $30 to acquire, $30 that time to acquire a customer. They paid that much to acquire a customer. I knew that this is a faster way to, to achieve bankruptcy. I was, I said the most analytical department at, at Shop Cruise 
has to be a marketing team rather than a finance or analytics team. So we use a lot of things which were very smartly crafted. We started collaborating with a third party seller. They would sell deodorant for 160 rupees in retail. We told them that we can push a few hundred to a few thousand. I said, okay, how about two days and 600 deodorants? He said, sure. Now I say deodorant, Adidas deodorant for nine rupees at shop clues only on Tuesday at 11 a.m. and no cash for delivery. Last four months before this deal, I was only selling 18 orders per day. After and I had 8,800 registered users in four months, I remember. After the first deal of deodorant, we sold 4,000 deodorant in two, three hours. I registered users went up from 8,800 to 30,000. Next two, next day onwards, my daily or any order without discount and promotion were not 8 to 20 per day. They were actually 200. This is such an amazing growth hack. And did you raise more funds after this kind of growth would have definitely needed more funds, right? Yeah, yeah. So we raised 1.95 million from 15 of my friends. After when we came to India within three months, when we were still doing 18 orders and we did not have a courage, but we were funded with our Series A by ACBC. And after this kind of growth, within five months, we started getting a lot of inbound interest. For that time, we did India's biggest probably Series A. We did India's biggest Series B. It was, it looks very paltry and small now. It was 4 million that time for Series A and it was around 10 million for Series B. And when did you achieve Unicorn valuation? We achieved Unicorn valuation in 2000, end of 2014. Okay. So three, within three years of starting. Amazing. Fourth year of operation, we reached a unicorn status. That time, it was fifth unicorn in India. And fastest to reach India unicorn level that time. And we had spent only 70 million to reach a unicorn level. And give me like a summary of that growth curve. Like, obviously, you would have run out of office space and you would have needed to scale up. That scale up journey. Absolutely. So, Akshay, we launched Shop Clues commercially under closed beta, only if you light us through Facebook, you'll get a user a password to access shopnews.com. We did that on 21st November 2000, 2011. Until I mentioned to you this 9 rupee deodorant, this was on March 2012. So let's say November to March, four months, we were only doing on an average 20 orders per day. But literally after the two deals, we reached 200 orders per day. By April of 2012, we reached 400 orders per day. By August, we were already at 2,000 orders per day. So it looked like 2,000 looked like so small from 20 to 2,000 around eight, nine months was right. And by December 2012, we were actually north of 10,000. By December 2000, north of 10,000. By December 2013, I would say. 100,000 and by December 2014, by the time we knew two months before the word knew that we are unicorn would be around 400,000. This is like June 2013. I've now running shop clues for several years and it was time rather than feeling like headless chicken. First time I'm feeling 
that looks like we have arrived and the month i thought we have arrived will be eventually profitable eventually unicorn eventually public company is the month i travel to usa where i travel every 6 months since i moved to india because i maintained my active green card and one of the condition was that i must be back in usa every 6 months so in july 2013 i go to us for 2 weeks this is 29 july 2013 i am coming back with my ex wife my two and all of sudden like a hollywood movie i have not even got down from the car police cars come and surround us in a sticky shape so that we cannot back our car and run and it says fbi and they say who is sandeep agarwal and i get out and i say i am sandeep agarwal and they hand over a document to me and say sir you are arrested i said for what they said when you were analyst in 2009 you provided some information to a client of yours a insider trading information so we order from a judge to arrest you and right in front of my kids and ex wife they arrested me they even removed laces from my shoes either fearing that i would strangle them it was exactly the hollywood movie you would have seen everyone is crying everyone is in shock they take me to a facility i have no idea where they are taking me but they gave that name of that facility to my ex wife only thing i know is i am handcuffed sitting with two cops on a back seat on a walk talkie they are saying he is in our possession they are informing someone i could tell in new york then i recognize this is beria this is silicon valley i lived there for a dec- decade and a half i know they take me towards outskirts of san francisco and near to the chevron oil refinery and they keep me they take me inside a which was a, an overnight cell where someone who got a traffic ticket someone who was too drunk to drive someone who had domestic violation someone who was whatever was kept overnight it was not a jail but it like a temporary holding cell kind it was a holding cell for an overnight i they took me inside next 5 am like this is now i'm in that cell for 10 hours they take me to FBI office in San Francisco where they create this mug shot for me which you have seen in a movie me holding a like my height right and i'm presented in front of a judge in a federal court i was given bail and i was asked that your case is being transferred to a judge at new york so uh, i have one fundamental question here generally insider trading is brought against employees of a company who by virtue of being employed at a company they have access to privileged so, information absolutely let me clarify that insider trading definition is you ha- are in possession of something which is confidential and inside information not publicly available so one is right in, inside information not publicly inform- available and you acted on that information and made money all four things have to happen in possession of information 
it is non public it is material i had a coffee with bill gates is not a material information you are in a possession of a information it is material non public you acted upon it means you did not ignore it you acted upon it in your benefit and you made much out of it all five conditions have to happen for it to be called as a breaking the law this was originally designed to your original question for two type of people one who is working in a company and giving and compromising with his fiduciary responsibility to give that information to an outsider or it was designed for the buy side people who will use that information to trade and make money but i was a sense side analyst right i did it was in government record that i did not trade and did not i did not make money how did this affect moral at shopkus sure so of course anybody who got my role or other roles they were not trained they were not ready everyone i was to shopkus what bill gates was for microsoft or mark zuckerberg is for facebook no different so it was a low, low moral i asked my team members three things one senior members i said you will never fight with each other you will never have insecurity from each other and even months even if this company pay you nothing you are not leaving and i told everyone else that guys work 50% harder and we will write a history so, so i will have sometimes has sessions i'll write sometimes long emails to keep the draft i was a very fatherly figure so moral was a problem i knew that was dependent on me so i did care about any of my recognition or getting paid for my effort but i paid sure that company successfully raised series d and e oh okay when the any happened in this period happened. when you were in the us i knew i i resigned in october 2013 and i knew the company would be dependent on me at least until december 2015 lot of the company was fundamentally very strong and it was the most differentiated company with the best unit economics because of that any half so all this happened akshay i was in usa for three months by the way all this time series c d and e all three happened series c was already happening in fact that was one of the reason why i was in usa when my legal case was happening so after c i saw while i was still in usa i saw lot of evidences that until my legal case is going on it will be almost impossible for me to come back to shopkus and every 6 months i could tell where i am reducing my dependent shopkus dependency on me and creating independent asset independent of me thus helping that company to last forever my primary job was to make sure i my family kids wife parents they stay afloat shopkus does not go belly up and on the way i don't lose me in terms of don't die these were literally my four survival techniques and i would say human survival on its best i recommended one of my team member as a potential ceo but i told my board members that if these people run the company and i'm not dying i may not be able to serve the company as executive but 
because if I am there and for me to communicate to them and showing that things are getting done is much better than you bringing Harvard MBA working with X McKinsey. You did a great resume and you fed on your G responsibility matrix scoring very high. But if I don't have a good chemistry in my view, the company will still fail because this is not a 30 year old Fortune 100 companies which are professional CEO now can and run. And the founder for a unique peculiar circumstances cannot serve as a CEO, but it's not dead and he's not brain dead either. So with much of the reluctance, he still accepted my recommendation. And that gave me a lot of confidence that I will be able to save this company even if I'm not running day-to-day -day operations. And then the day came 8th November 2013 that while it took seven years, finally they dismissed and dropped all charges against me. But during that time, A, we were, because of all the preparation and even while I was there, I was able to guide my team, build products, innovation, drive business. We were able to close series, next series of capital in, in March 2014. After that, I knew that at least for the next 15 months to two years, capital will be not the reason why this company will go belly up. So I was already one notch higher in terms of my ability to make sure ShopRoo does not go belly up. On the other hand, I was getting a message from my attorney that your cooperation is also coming to an end. So I said, what's next for me? And while I was quite down and under, I was very clear that I wanted to be the king of my hill again. And I started working on multiple ideas I created, I wrote down 52 different ideas which I thought would help me create a billion dollar company. Each one could be a billion dollar company. That time it was still shop news was a fourth unicorn. So even it was even during my legal case, it was not that common to think about a unicorn. So these 52 ideas, all I knew could create a billion dollar company because I was already one time a successful entrepreneur and a top rank Wall Street analyst. I utilized all my training and exposure to now come up with a little bit more methodical and scientific framework. How do I want to go about shortlisting the idea I will finally pursue? So I use screens such as large addressable opportunity, technology as a center point, High gross margin, asset light model, it can perhaps handle it for some time from USA. Something I am passionate about, it may not require huge amount of capital. Why I like Droom was A, India was the fifth largest automobile market in the world. Unlike electronics, computer, mobile, fashion, travel, Online was among the least online penetrated category. And I saw for 140 years, automobile and selling has no disruption. 
I thought with the use of technology and mobile and AI and IoT and many other things, an ecosystem and platform approach, I can create it a 21st century automobile buying and selling platform. And so that's how we, I ended up choosing Droom. And you had used cars as your focus area right from the beginning? Yes. So whatever we do, even till date, that was completely documented, written part of the original vision from the day one. While there's nothing wrong in pivot, I'm typically not a big fan of pivoting. I like one vision. You may take your own time to develop it and vision can evolve. But I am not a big fan of pivoting to a very dramatically different opportunities. But then, who was able to secure the funding? I started thinking about the idea rather than not be able to move on of tools. Then I was able to get a VP of engineering who was VP of engineering in one of my friend's startup to join me. He also brought another very senior, highly experienced engineer. And all of a sudden, and then I started paying $800 a month to another distant friend of mine who ran one company and who said, for I'll give you one room, free internet, free printer, free water, $800 to pay me and take one room at the office. There was no co-working space like we were, etc. that time. So I paid $800 to him. I, my EP of engineering, that another senior engineer, we started working out of that. All of a sudden, fell like day one of Shopclues. I contacted the landlord, who was the landlord when I was building Shopclues, a smaller building from where shop was originally started. I in him and I said, hey, do you have by chance that building from where we started shop loose and we operated until last year? He said, yes, nobody occupied that building. So I said, can I take two floors? He said, sure. So from August 2014 until 21st November 2014, I plus 20 more people probably got three hours per day sleep worked extremely hard and launched the full-fledged India's first ever B2C pure play e-commerce for automobile app on 21st November 2014. By then, we had already 30 to 35 employees. How did you get inventory to this? So what you launched was a consumer-facing app or something where the sellers or the dealers can... It was a full-fledged platform where consumer will come Load, search, find, and buy, and dealers and individuals will be able to list an automobile which they want to sell using our platform. So it was a full platform. And but did you have supply in place when you launched? Yes, we were able to get 50 to 20 automobile dealers in Gulaam and New Delhi, and around 50 to 100 automobiles. And every day we kept on increasing the supply. Okay, okay, okay. You told me about some of those go-to-market strategies you used for shop clues, like the flash sale, the video trend. Can you tell me some of those go-to-market strategies or those growth strategies that you use for Droom? Because absolutely. you have to now build both sides, the supply absolutely. side. And absolutely, Akshay, that's a very, does not matter how disruptive, innovative you are in the internet businesses, in addition to disruption, you almost have to do pamper users to change their legacy habits. So from 21st November 2014 until 7th January 2015, we sold 
zero automobile because none of these strategies were at place and it was not easy for any indian forget about our 200 rupees best selling bow or our brand new selena box smartphone this was a used car in a low trust market so we sold no automobile from 21st november 2014 until 7 january 2015 how we were able to get our first order on 7th january 2015 was we said we sold a bajaj a bajaj pulsar motorcycle 2012 model usually costing 800 dollars or 1000 or let's say 60000 rupees we sold it for 9999 so this was like a special offer like let's say That's a flash sale it, yes so while we sold only one motorcycle and that to around 1000 dollar loss or maybe 800 over loss probably half million people that day came to know about broom because a 3 year old motorcycle only available for 120 30 dollars versus 1000 was very viral and it caused unmatchable fomo among users right after that we created more lot of different platform different programs car for 99999 Harley Davidson for forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. We had India's biggest bike mela, India's biggest car club, Sunday automobile market, and we various different type of properties. They all were viral, FOMO, and created, and people will come to do or auto buy. We also added a program called Go Set Helmet, where you could buy. A six hundred rupees high quality helmet only for nine rupees. The helmet had a branding, and every time we will run that sale in one hour, twelve thousand helmets will get sold. People thought that we buy this helmet for seven rupee and sell for nine rupee and make two rupees profit. It was very common during that time if you are traveling to national capital region of New Delhi. At you're standing on a traffic light in your car, sir, by two wheeler rider may have a helmet written "Room" on it. We experimented a lot of things. Only one door. So we did a lot of these things, and these were enough for people start coming to know about room. But uh, I have a question here. Like in shop clues, when you sell a product, it's easy. That you just have to have a logistics partner who goes and delivers it to the home. the buyer but that's not the case here so how, how did the sale happen because yeah no so by the way how room works is you come on room create your requirements let's say you say i'm looking for a toyota fortuner 2018 white color in new delhi under 20 lakh rupees right then based on the existing supply our algorithms will match with the vehicles and you'll get that you'll get a message that hi akshay we found seven automobiles which match your requirements after that you pay 3% of automobile value to us on a credit card debit card net banking or mobile wallet that money is kept in escrow and then the vehicle is certified for you and if the certified certification is been cleared we will bring that automobile to you 
and you test drive it and if you like it you pay remaining 97 percent and if you don't like it you get three percent refund which was kept in escrow as a booking fee so that's how room operates and that would be how you operate today right when you started was it like this rather than bringing the vehicle to you when we operate it that time the buyer will go to that we will connect buyer and seller and they will meet and close the transaction but the drawback was that often time they will bypass us they will have their own site but we had many others but that taught us a lot of things in terms of how we can enhance our own value proposition that even when buyer and seller know each other still a platform is not bypassed or 250 lakh rupees buyer surety or return or various things which we offer which the dealer would not offer you and we found over the years that a buyer will be less likely to bypass us for a three percent saving because that's the only sim saving he'll be able to drive his bypassing room because that is a fee we'll charge from a dealer and often and in long run we also realize that a dealer who was doing very well on our platform would not like to bypass us because he would not like to give up he would not like to bypass us where the platform is contributing annual 200% growth rate for him. What is this certification thing that you said that you certify the car? What do you mean by that? We actually, unlike shop clues where we created the first ever marketplace, but with one different is that we were the first marketplace globally to take care of the last mile delivery because we did not think the small businesses were in India were ready at that time to even understand the e-commerce, forget about the last mile delivery and fulfillment. But when I was doing Zoom, it was not a brand new sealed in item which can be sent to a courier. It required, it was a used power, right? So we built certification service. So we built a product called Orange Book Value, which is India's de facto standard for used vehicle pricing. It gives you fair market value of any used vehicle. Then we built a separate app for automobile inspection called Eco, which you can download from Android. And 13,500 auto mechanics in thousand cities use our proprietary technology, including AI toolkit and IoT device to certify our used vehicle. And third, we get a product called Doom History, which has a 200 million automobiles historical record, such as previous owners, disputed type theft history, outstanding auto loan. So using value for pricing, eco for inspection, history for historical record, we were able to certify any used vehicle anytime, anywhere in India, cheaper, better, and faster than a manual way of certifying our used automobile. And then room velocity is our last mile delivery, which will bring the vehicle to you or take it. And room credit is our service from room, which makes loan and insurance possible. So you think about room.in or room apps as an e-commerce platform. OPD Eco and History for Certification, True Credit for Loan and Insurance, and Home Velocity for the Last Mile Delivery or Return. That's how we built a platform plus multiple ecosystem services, very similar to solar, very similar to solar system. So tell me about Drove History. How did so you build that? It, every year, roughly 5.5 million used and new cars are sold in India. Every year, 18 million new two-wheelers like motorcycle and scooter and 40 to 45 million used motorcycle and scooters are sold in. But the installed base of the last 30, 40 years in terms of vehicles still in use 
not 30, 40, 50 million. It is 250 million. So Doom History has built India's largest national repository for used vehicle historical record. So when you, whenever you are buying a used automobile as a buyer, you want to know number of prior owners, disputed title, theft history, outstanding auto loan, any natural calamity damage such as flood damage to the rust under the car or accident claims from the insurance company or outstanding auto loan. Boom history is India's largest national repository with 200 million plus automobiles historical record as a database and on demand by entering the automobile registration number, you can get a history of that automobile. So this product is work in progress. Some of these products are available in some other countries, but there the mandate was undertaken at a government level, right? We are a startup company. We folded our sleeves and started. We said still something is better than nothing. And over the years, we were able to cross more than 200 automobiles. For some vehicle, I may have zero historical record. Some vehicle, I may have four to five historical records. And the best product, I may have up to 45 different historical record for a single vehicle. And this is, again, free to use? Does it act as a marketing tool? Like people See, say, again, uh, like the way you mentioned about Orange Book Value is the beginning of the funnel. So this one is also work like that. We have also a vehicle finder service, which also work like that. But yes, when it comes to automobile certification, these products are used in that time. And for end users, they are free. But we do we are experimenting with our premium offering. So for example, for roughly 150 rupees, you get a very detailed valuation report from Orange Book Value. And for about 100 rupees, you can get a premium historical certificate for any used vehicle, independent of whether you are buying or selling. Tell me about Drew Credit. So do you like tie up with NBFCs yeah. and banks? We have tied up with dozens of NBFs. If we did not sell loan and insurance in our first six years of operation, sometimes we feel very stupid about it because in automobile, you can make more money from loan and insurance than by selling automobile. But we did not have a luxury of having a pricing engine, inspection engine, history, and many other services which did not exist in India period, independent of who is providing them. So we, we as a company, our strategy was to build all the basic plumbing work for India so that the digitization of this category can happen. So during that time, unfortunately, we did not get bandwidth to sell law and insurance. And because we were asset light and we were technology heavy with low burn rate, we did not mind only making money through transaction take rate and letting go very lucrative loan and insurance offer, offer for multiple years. But a year back, we started tying up a lot of banks and NBFC. And now every time, if we are able to attach loan or insurance, when you buy a car from Broom, we are able to make money from that. So uh, do you only earn for providing leads or do you also provide some uh, underwriting support? Neither of the two. We have done, by the way, both. They don't work, right? Lead, we lead, we want to, we are an e performance-based e-commerce company and we like it that way. And underwriting, in my view, banks and a lot of other companies are already not very comfortable funding a used car and then they can't give really the underwriting decision to someone else. We build decisions, we build very advanced technologies for underwriting, credit risk scoring and many other things. I th in hindsight, I feel they were way ahead of their time. 
So right now we really do a good job of attaching loan and insurance. Underwriting, loan approval, interest rate terms are decided by the lending partner. We get anywhere between 150 basis point on a low side up to 300 basis point on a high side as a one-time finding fee on a successful dispersal of the loan and 19.5% insurance premium as our take rate from the insurance writer. Like you rightly pointed out, the problem with used car lending is nobody wants to do it. Yeah. Is there a way for you to solve that? To See, because... Find a more robust underwriting and Akshay, do like a FLDG. Akshay, nobody wanted to do the used car, but everyone had a strong desire to do it. But for them, the risk and reward did not was not encouraging enough. And the reason was in used car for lender or for insurance company, there are four problems. Number one, who is a seller? Can I trust him? Second, how do I know the exact price of the automobile? Third, is the, how do I know the exact condition of the automobile? Fourth, are the documents genuine? If these four things are answered for a lender or insurance company, they would not mind funding a used car or writing an insurance policy for a used car. For drone, these things were manual. Now for pricing, you have orange book value. For condition, you have eco. For documents, you have history. And seller is actually for all practical and optical purposes, drone. Drone will not sell any automobile until while legally and accounting wise, the car is not does not belong to us because we are a just-in-time supply model with a cloud dealership concept. But for all practical and optical purpose, I'm the seller. I'm giving the return. I'm giving the certification. That is exactly how Droom operates. So that is how we have been able to create a more meaningful sense in this uncharted territory. And we are finding lenders more comfort around the availability of information, which did not exist in a scientific and comprehensive manner before Droom. But would there be an opportunity to have better earning if you went deeper into it in terms of not taking just a lead generation fees but actually taking a spread and that's right Akshay so first of all just to sorry but just to clarify even today it is not lead it is a performance based take rate like we can two and a half percent on a successful sale of a loan product so just one thing second to answer your question yes my feeling is we would like to have so much more data before we go there in a big way we did acquire one NBFC three years back, which we run it. We have done, we have taken limited capital exposure, but have done tens of thousand transactions, but very limited capital exposure. And we think we would like to keep it no capital risk model for a few years. And after that, if we feel we know enough to be dangerous, is when this is like a few years away basically you're not confident yet of but even, yeah but right now even if i am able to successfully attach loan and insurance at a country's at the attach rate which is an average of india i'm still able to double versus how i make as my income today our job is to create a selection i can have a prime somewhat prime sub, sub, somewhat subprime and completely subprime lender I can have India's lowest interest rate and I can have India's highest interest rate. And my job is to make sure buyers find their best vehicle and the lender whose terms are matching 
with what they can afford and what they deserve they th- uh, and they should get. Okay, 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 got it, okay. And tell me about the Velocity. So this is again through gig workers. But more Velocity is a little bit more either room on and operating or a network of vendors partnerships. So we have two, three versions of the last mile delivery. In one place, one is where we will coordinate in a much more controlled environment, a meeting between buyer and seller and for the exchange of vehicle and completion of documentation. Second one is I will have room driver bring the car from a dealer after it is booked online from, by the buyer to the buyer location. If he likes it, he'll close the transaction there, then and there only. Or he will bring a bag. If he does not like the vehicle, it will go back to the seller. And third option is we pick up the automobile and bring it to our fulfillment center where it goes through a much more detailed evaluation, sometimes cleaning, polishing, buffing, etc. And then we keep place it on a flatbed truck and deliver it and uh, how do you give the return guarantee uh, which the seller is not giving the seller and, is and seller, seller's job is only sourcing and refurbishment certification selling loan insurance return warranty and deliveries and how we so any vehicle you buy a doom you can get up to 50 lakh rupees or 100,000 US dollar warranty for the first six months that is based on final certification done by us that create a baseline and this warranty is anything new which is found out in the next six months on top of the baseline. And what is the split between two-wheeler versus four-wheeler? Like, uh, Currently, we sell around 15 to 16,000 automobiles a month. And uh, two-thirds of those will be cars. One-third will be the uh, two-wheelers. In terms of GM, 90 to 92% will be car. And 8 to 10% will be two-wheelers because of the price difference. What is your path to profitability? Can you help me understand the economics of it? What is the current... If we have been a contribution margin positive since September of 2020. And what does that mean is our current revenue is sufficient to recover 100% of marketing, 100% of cost of goods sold, and 100% of any other variable expenses. So this is CM3 positive. What we don't recover with our current revenue, with our current scale, is fixed expenses for technology and GNA. And, sorry, what is the other thing? Technology and general administrative overheads. Basically, anything fixed to run drone, right? That's the only thing we are not recovering. And as we start selling loan and insurance, our scale, bring efficiency marketing or improve our conversion. Any of these four can make company profitable. Reality is, we are doing all four, and we will achieve success, varied degree of success in all of those four. I will bring in another founder whom I interviewed, what I learned from that founder. There is this company called Credar, which does used bikes. And they have, again, the same approach that focus on supply. And so instead of their own warehouses, they are creating Credar franchisee owners who are completely controlled by the company. And these franchisee owners are provided the supply of bike. They work with the garages. So they don't own a garage, but they work with garages to get the refurbishment done. The franchisee owner puts in the investment for the inventory, so which takes care of that inventory problem. And so this credit showroom then becomes a way to do this at scale while still being somewhat asset. That's right. So on a supply side, uh, theoretically, we are doing a little bit like that, but I would say more evolved and more scalable model in the sense these dealerships already exist. These dealerships already exist since Zoom started. 
we had 312,000 dealerships signed up on our platform and they applied to become a cloud dealer. We have approved 7% of them. So 21,600 of them have been granted right to be that cloud dealer. Then they commit their supply to us. So every physical store, employees, uh, actual inventory, all those is their responsibility, their headache and their expenses. And then we have, as I mentioned, we have Orange Book Value, Eco at History for Certification, and our website and app for selling, Drone Credit for Loan and Insurance. And this is, in my view, is a more evolved, more heavy on technology, less, the most asset light and very scalable model where two different parties come basically come together and create the best of both worlds. Sourcing and refurbishment, in my view, nobody can do cheaper, faster and better than small mom and pop dealer who is deeply entrenched into the local city and local neighborhood. And because he is not also suffering from an agent principal dilemma, because he is also the owner of those six, eight cars, which is sourced by him. So he will babysit them and give them highest respect, love and attention. And nobody can do certification, selling, loan and insurance, delivery, cheaper, faster, better than us. So it's a very unique combination. And in our view, this model is scalable, it's asset light, it uniquely overcomes India's characteristics of some constraint which you may have heard from different categories, from different founders. Tell me about IPO plan, like you, uh, I believe, are intending to do an IPO. What is the thought process behind it? Why do you wish to do an IPO? And if you could talk a bit about that. Akshay, I, when I moved to India to start shop clues, I always took, I always as entrepreneur, I always take a long-term approach. I always believe it takes six, eight years minimum to create a world-class company. And if you are creating a world-class company, which is built to last, then one logical natural progression for that company is actually going public. So I had a same plan for Shopclues and I had a same plan for Droom. So Droom, from the time I founded Droom, we wanted to, for this company to go public. So in the first half of November 2021, we filed $400 million IPO for our Indian subsidiary here for an IPO in India to, for a plan of listing on a Bombay Stock Exchange and National Stock Exchange. And we got the approval from both stock exchanges several months back. And uh, we are progressing with the main regulator called Security Exchange Board of India for the final approval. And we are following the process well-defined in this country. My last question to you, how did COVID change business for Drew? Did it change any of your internal processes? Did it change your strategies, your marketing strategies? Or did it change the metrics, the kind of revenue? What was the impact of COVID? Actually, that's a fantastic question. We had seen, I would say, a new high, new low both in COVID. When the COVID happened from 2014 until 2018, we were always very proactive in terms of raising capital and having access to capital more than what we needed. Although we are very frugal, very asset light, unlike other players in this category, we need maybe one tenth of what they need to build our company. But when COVID happened, unfortunately, we found ourselves in a place where we had decent enough amount of capital but still not as as much as if the COVID were to last for, for several years. And then 
while we were the only pure play e-commerce company, we were not bleeding anywhere close to others. But India had a complete lockdown, if you remember, in the first phase of COVID. So for four months before COVID, our largest month was $93 million in GMB per month. And we sold on a peak, maybe 12,000 automobiles in a peak month before COVID. But in, in April, May, June, July, that 93 million was less than 2 million a month. Well, and yeah, of, nobody would be buying here. Instead of 12,000 automobile, it was probably low double digit, right? So very bad time for a few months. It taught us a lot of other things. We were already frugal. But we took the de definition of frugality and measurement and data to a next level. Then what happened by July, we started seeing some signs of business recovery. But this time, in fact, we did start seeing something which we did not see since we started until COVID is much more rapid adoption of e-commerce in the automobile category. So from July until November of 2020, we were now, November was our, became our first month after the seven, eight months of COVID, where we were bigger than even the prior to COVID, which in my view, very few companies independent of any category can claim. And then I would say in next one year, we were able to more than double our business in less than one year. With a far better unit economics, better measurement, and even much more clearer strategy and vision. Did you have customer acquisition costs come down because of COVID? Because you probably a lot more people would be searching and organically reaching. Actually, four years back, eight to 10% of our total traffic was organic. Right now, this would be early to mid 30%, right? Then for four years, three years back, less than 20% of the total traffic was free, which is basically organic direct or app-based. That is close to 60% now. Absolutely. From number of people coming to Droom unsolicited without a paid ad or more dealers becoming cloud dealers, supply of new automobiles making to our platform. Metric by metric, we saw all of our major KPIs, which really matter, improved very dramatically. Amazing. And like you did 12,000 in 2019-20, what is your peak number currently? Like for the 12,000 vehicle? Our peak month could be close to 17,000, 17 to 18,000. So that was Mr. Sandeep Agarwal telling us about his fascinating and remarkable journey of conceptualizing and building Droom. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you like the Founder Thesis podcast, then do check out our other shows on subjects like marketing, technology, career advice, books, and drama. Visit thepodium.in that is T-H-E-P-O-D-I-U-M dot I-N for a complete list of ownership.